Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barty Jackdish, and Ryan Huang. It is time now for Travel Thursday. Mm, our favourite segment of the week, even though neither of us has travelled recently, right? I'm going soon, I hope. Oh, very planning, good. Planning, hopefully, ended in the next three, four months. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> and on the list, actually, yeah. is uh, the place that we're talking about today, Australia. Oh, excellent. Well, Australia has finally opened its borders to all foreign travellers, and this started from February 21st and ended a two-year closure that really has been quite devastating for the nation's tourism sector. So I'm sure they'll be quite happy that you have plans to go there. I have a sister who lives there and I just imagine, you know, all the conversations that they were having when the borders closed in March 2020. Mm. I mean, it's it's the world, one of the world's strictest uh, travel curbs, bans on Australians traveling overseas, caps on the numbers of travelers allowed to enter. But, you know, from today, all mm. Australian states will be open to Singaporeans, with Western Australia being the last one to open their doors today. Mm. And of course, Australia's tourism sector has welcomed this move. It has been devastated by the closures of foreign and domestic borders in the past two years. But. There is a caveat. Travellers' habits have changed. How exactly will this translate to the tourism businesses across the country? Mm, well, let's find out. Brent Anderson, General, Regional General Manager of South and Southeast Asia Tourism Australia is on the line. Brent, good day, mate. How are you? Very good, thank you. And how are you both? Very good, sir. And uh, we're looking forward to this conversation. It, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I suppose, you know, um, if, if we're going to start talking about this, uh, where Tourism Australia is concerned, would you have a rough idea how much Singapore contributes in terms of uh, tourists going there? Singapore actually punches above its weight in terms of population size for Australian tourism. Uh, it contributed in 2019 $1.5 billion in export earnings, and that's about half a million visitors every year. So it's, it's a great market for us. And if you look at that average spend per day stat that we're so focused on, uh, Singapore is actually one of the highest spenders per day. They're really active holiday uh, makers in Australia. You know, I've always wondered about this. What have you guys done to target Singaporeans so successfully? I think proximity comes into play with it and those linkages between our two countries. Um, Singapore, through Singapore Airlines and Qantas, is actually connected to more Australian cities than any other destination in the world. Um, so that those basic fundamentals are there. And I think just our, our great offering of the nature, wildlife, great food and wine, and the diversity of the experiences really appeals to the Singaporeans who, who come and have a, a really great time when they're down there. Okay, so obviously Australia's travel and tourism sector heavily impacted by COVID-19, a steep drop in the number of tourists and whatnot. For a while there was domestic tourism, but what's the overview like in terms of businesses in Australia and how they have tried to pivot, I I don't know, in terms of managing this this, uh, lack of tourists? Um, it's, it's been fairly devastating. The latest stats show that of the 700,000 jobs directly employed in tourism, we've lost about 5% of those since the pandemic started. Um, in terms of the pivot, we very much focused on getting Australians travelling in their own backyard and exploring. And that had the, the real strategic focus of keeping those businesses operating, keeping their staff employed so service standards were up, um, and also just discovering some new parts of their backyard. So it's been quite surprising how many new businesses have actually come online due to the support of the domestic market and now that we're open it's really much our job to go and tell the world about your old favorites but hey there's some really unique new things that have come out 
Before we continue talking about those uniquely new things, I'm just wondering about the manpower situation in the tourism industry. I mean, based on what's been happening in other countries, a lot of people left the tourism industry to try to get other jobs. Are they coming back? It's coming back and it's a a really catch-22 situation and very similar to what we're seeing with our partners here in Singapore. How much capacity do you bring back on? Um, There's a bit of fear about, you know, a new variant, what that kind of impact will have on your business. So it's, it's, it's moving, it's moving in the right direction, but it's going to be a slow recovery for the next three to six months, I would say. Okay, but in the next three to six months, as Singaporeans start planning, like myself, uh, potentially for a trip to Australia, what should I be looking for? What can I expect? I think first we'll start with those basic fundamentals, your safety and the flexibility of the travel arrangement because things can change very, very quickly. So we're seeing that as a really big motivator or watch out for consumers. So our job is to give them confidence and keep moving forward. Um, Hassle-free booking, flexible changes, etc. What we've really seen is this demand for a a unique experience. So I'm going to assume it's your first holiday you're planning in two years. So the mental weight that that holiday has on the importance and there's a bit of friction and the checklist and the various tests, et cetera, which thankfully are getting a lot easier. But, you know, it's our job to make sure that we really help you reward yourself for you went through COVID, you were very compliant, you looked mm-hmm. after the, uh, yourself and your family, and now go and splurge a little bit. So and that's the key motivator. And then what our research is telling us specifically about Singaporeans is, you know, self-drive is going through the roof. People want to go and explore wide open spaces, etc. It's a great way to travel in your own little bubble. Wellness experiences are coming up um, uh, quite significantly as well as um, there's probably a, a great awareness of sustainability as a travel motivator, going and doing unique things that have a lower impact on the communities and environment they're going to. So it's quite an interesting dynamic of there's a hunger, there's a lot more research being put into this travel experience just because it's your first holiday in two years. You want to make sure you get it right and it does the job for you. Mm, Yeah, I've always imagined my first holiday in uh, however many years it takes me to finally get on a plane and go somewhere would comprise verdant valleys and azure waters, water bodies, my favourite thing. And I know Australia does have that to offer as well. But you did talk about many more new and unique experiences. What what else are you going to get Singaporeans to splurge on? Naturally, food and wine is mm. a, a key uh, driver for Singaporean and Southeast Asian travellers generally. Um, you know, our clean cities and family-friendly uh, spots as well. Um, you know, things I would recommend to you, there's, there's some new products like Skypods along the Great Ocean Road, which are little bespoke, eco-friendly, um, unique locations to stay in. You can't go past Uluru and Ayers Rock. You know, it's just such a spiritual experience there as well. Um, but new river cruises in Tasmania where you're not only looking at the scenery but getting to taste the wonderful seafood. So I think we've got a huge range of options there. Part of the challenge is helping you trim down to what's really going to do it for you. Oh, on my list is wine, wine, <laughs> wine. <laughs> and then you'll come back and wine. <laughs> no, oh, for yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The holiday, from a holiday type of Holiday theory, over right? and wine, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> uh, we're on the line this morning with uh, Brenta Anderson, who is Regional General Manager of South and Southeast Asia for Tourism Australia. Brent, um, how did domestic tourism help? I mean, did it even help in any way? 
It actually helps a huge amount to keep uh, the cash flow going through those businesses, keep staff employed. So, you know, we're ready to open because we haven't mothballed a whole lot of our attractions, etc. So for us, uh, Australians going out and discovering parts of their, uh, their backyard and the excitement and that, it also incentivizes people to invest in developing of new products um, as well. And just, you know, we're ready to welcome international. We don't have to go and reopen a lot of activities, et cetera. Um, and like I said before, the really interesting one was the new products that started coming along and being developed because they were supported by domestic visitors. Now, Brent, because you mentioned the word eco-friendly earlier, it made me think of this. When COVID-19 happened, I think a lot of environmentalists celebrated, saying that, oh, good, you know, this will put a stop to uh, global air travel. And this, of course, will help the environment. Now you see a group of environmentalists bemoaning the return of travel. How are you as a tourism body balancing this, ensuring that while we welcome travellers back, we're also being sustainable and eco-friendly about the whole thing? I think the, the consumer itself will drive that movement and it's one of the key uh, benefits of tourism is the preservation of natural areas, the preservation of cultures because they have an appeal and a demand from the consumer and it allows them to provide an economic benefit to justify their preservation. Um, I think in terms of the, the, the movement and you're looking at airlines, looking at biofuels, et cetera, to impact mm. this uh, environmental that's, that's driven by consumer demand and it's a great thing to see and I think tourism plays a very big part in that in incentivising, making it economically viable to have these uh, uh, environmental measures and sustainability measures in place. Mm, it's it's like rebooting a movie, right? It's a chance to do it better and more exciting um, and, and safer. Uh, with regard to rebooting travel, though, in terms of international tourism, I know Australia is slowly opening up its borders. Uh, where, from where has the demand uh, sort of surged? Which country is most interested to go to, to Australia right now? We've seen a huge amount of interest from um, the Southeast Asia region, uh-huh. uh, you know, pr- proximity, etc. Okay. Singapore, okay. I think the searches last week and bookings, forward bookings were up 159% on the week before. So wow. as consumer confidence returns and you know people go and come back and that positive word of mouth, uh, I had one travel agent down in Melbourne in uh, December and she said, you know, I almost forgot about COVID walking around Melbourne and Victoria. So those are really positive sentiments for us. You don't have to wear a mask outdoors, etc. So um, that's going to come through. The VFR, the travelling to reconnect with family or travelling for loves, etc. is going to be that first wave. Mm. And we're starting to see, for Singapore citizens, we've been open since November. Um, So we're starting to see that holiday visitor coming through and also a, a surprising amount of corporate business coming through as well. Mm, let's talk about corporate business for a moment. I mean, I know you're in the tourism game, not so much corporate business, but they do also sometimes take pleasure trips, don't they? Business and leisure. <laughs> I have heard from corporates that they will be scaling down business travel and it probably will be for the medium or even long term. What exactly are you doing to reach out to this group of individuals? Um, we don't specifically target corporate, but we definitely need them to help uh, keep those airline routes viable, et cetera. So we, we recognise that there is that leisure element that will go to restaurants and go and do attractions on a work trip, et cetera. We work um, more in the incentive or the MICE business side for corporate. So companies that award their staff with a all-expenses-paid holiday, that, that's 
fairly huge and the demand for uh, Australia in the last six months as we've opened up has been exponential uh, to the point where you know we're struggling to cope with the number of inquiries. They're a great sector for the economy because of it's a company-sponsored trip, etc. And our job is to very much give them confidence that your staff will be safe, they can move around and have access to world-class facilities in terms of medical services as well as world-class tourism offerings. Uh, just a quick final question, uh, Brent, and it's probably a billion-dollar question. What's your personal outlook on the future of travel and the tourism sector around the world post-COVID-19? I think travel, where it used to be a luxury 30 to 40 years ago, is now part of your lifestyle. It, it's how you get that mental break from such a busy world and go and explore and, and get wowed by the world around us. I think it's really critical if you look at what's happening in the world for the, the people-to-people connections, You know, not having a perception of the country from a newspaper article, but going and meeting and hanging out with locals. Mm. That's always been a big appeal of Australia is, is actually going and hanging out with Aussies. Um, mm. So... I think it will come back. I think there will be stops and starts in some cases. There's major world events um, that will have impacts, but generally it's an upward trajectory uh, for the foreseeable future. All right. Thanks very much, Brent. We've been speaking with Brent Anderson, Regional General Manager of South and Southeast Asia Tourism Australia. You stay safe and take care, Brent. Thank you very much for your time. And Elliot, if you need me to send some suggestions through online, I'm, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> slow Beach, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.